Greetings, guys and gals. Join me here at Success Over Stress, where the goal is to strengthen strategies that will defeat doubt, cure complacency, and strangle stress. I'm on the road to a healthier, happier, and stress-controlled life by taking control of my financial situation. With the right direction, so can you. Okay, guys, so welcome back to another edition of Success Over Stress. This is Eric, and it's November the 16th. Today, today we're going to be talking about protecting your legacy. And I brought along somebody to help push the point. His name is Sari Ibrahim, and he has an MBA, and he also carries the credentials of LTCP, which is Long-Term Care Insurance. Um, he kind of started out... Once again, having these credentials, but he's also studied the the policies in up to 10 different states. So he's definitely versed in making sure that you can protect what you what you make. Um, I'm big on earning, saving and creating your future. What Sari helps do is protect what you save, what you make, right? The, um, the, the equation of earn more, save more, you know, invest the difference, right? But at some point, some point in that equation, you need to protect what you earn. So Sari, that, that's a little bit of an introduction for you. Um, what what can you tell the audience just in a thousand foot view? What can you tell the audience that you bring to the table in terms of protecting your success? Yeah, definitely, Eric. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And, and pretty much um, to kind of give the audience an overview of what I do, um, I'm a financial planner and I work with one primary concept or one focus, and that is the infinite banking concept, also known as the bank on yourself concept. And what this concept is, is it's the utilization of that I'm paying whole life insurance, mainly for the living benefits, for the cash value, rather than the actual life insurance. And uh, what that means is we're talking, we're talking about whole life insurance, but it pretty much has two functions. It has the cash value function, and it has the life insurance part. Now, the cash value part of the life insurance policy has a lot of additional benefits that usually uh, benefits like that can give you more than just a checking account savings or money market or brokerage account. Um, in, this, in this cash value, you have growth. It grows at a compound interest rate. You earn dividends from the insurance company. You always have access to this money. So we're talking about using dividend-paying whole life insurance, also known as the infinite banking concept or the bank on yourself concept, to protect your wealth. So, uh, for example, I work with a lot of business owners, and we structure policies where the business would own the whole life insurance, and we could allocate like a certain percentage of sales. Like, for example, like five percent of all sales made can go into this policy, and that way you're able to pinch a certain amount of, of your sales that can go into an interest-earning account, an account that earns you compound interest uh, regardless of market conditions. That's just one way to use it, and that's one way to protect your, your wealth. So to kind of have an overview, a big overview uh, of what it is I do, we're talking about using dividend-paying whole life insurance to protect your wealth. 
dividend paying whole life insurance. Wow. And, and so is that something that everybody has access to or is that only for people who reach a certain level of success, wealth? T tell me, who can buy into this? It's pretty much, it's, there, is, there are no qualifications and this is how it pretty much works. We, we meet with the client, they're familiar now with the banking concept or the bank on yourself concept. They've read a couple books, they've watched them, uh, YouTube videos, heard some podcasts, they have an understanding of what it is now. And then we, the second step is we would go into a financial analysis, pretty much a financial analysis, pretty much something that would, um, a way for us to kind of dive into the current situation, the current financial situation, uh, what they're currently doing, cash flow, assets, uh, current retirement plans, financial needs, wants, objectives, the retirement goals, we'll kind of go through all of that. It takes about 60 to 90 minutes. So we want to understand where the client is financially and where they want to go financially. We want to kind of understand that picture. And then we build out a dividend paying whole life insurance policy, uh, the structure of it based off of the needs and wants. Because we represent about three insurance companies, um, and each insurance company that we represent has different products. It's almost impossible for us to guess which company, which product, and which funding amounts do. So we use the financial analysis as a way to, to map that out, to show us where to go. And then after that, we after we structure, we present it to the client. We say, Mr. Client, based on the fact that, for example, you said that you were sick and tired of, of market churns and twists. Well, by structuring funds in a whole life, a dividend paying whole life insurance policy, you will not have any market risk any volatility involved in this policy. Uh, as a matter of fact, the insurance company that we're using right here has been around for over 150 years and has been paying dividends and compound interest to the policy owners for over 100. Okay. Now, I'm into real estate. Okay, that's that's what I like to do. Uh, I think that a lot of folks who follow the podcast are interested in real estate. Um, but obviously, real estate isn't the only vehicle to uh, to grow your money. But having access to capital is important. So growing your wealth, important. Having access to capital, also important. So when we put the money into the uh, to the life insurance policy, how tangible is it? How liquid is it? Good, good question. So we do work with a lot of real estate investors, and our firm, Financial Asset Protection, has kind of geared mostly towards real estate investors using the instrument banking concept. So what you can do is you can fund a whole life policy, and as soon as you fund it, about ninety percent of your cash is liquid. So you can go to your whole life wow. policy and borrow up to ninety percent of the cash available cash value. And then use that for whatever you want. There are restrictions, like for example, self-directed IRS houses. They're very restricted. There are no restrictions restrictions with using the cash instead of paying whole life insurance. You can use it to fund your deals, and you can use it as a down payment with other loans to fund your deal. You can use it um, with private hard money lending, private uh, private money lending. You can use it in different ways, different angles. No restrictions. And a lot of real investors use these because of this kind of this two-way or, or plumber. Where one is, you, you always need access to liquid, you always need access to money. Um, and the second dilemma is, but you, when you have that liquid, when you have that cash, you don't want it to sit in a, in a checking account or a savings account, right? Because you're not going to earn interest on it, or you're going to earn very tiny interest on it, and it's going to be exposed to risks and inflation. You need that money constantly working for you. Um, but then you go to that 
dilemma of do you just tie up all your capital into properties and, and how would you look with you know how would you look with it? how would you kind of take cash out of that so this brings it bridges that dilemma where you can have this policy funded build up the cash value and then be able to borrow against it use it for as a to fund the property or in connection with another loan and then have you have it have it still compound and so grow now Eric one key word that I mentioned is to borrow against it now it's, it's key that that's the that's probably the most important part about all this that when you have the whole life policy and you use the capital in it you're borrowing against it for example if you have a hundred thousand dollars in cash value in a whole life policy and you come across a, a deal and you need fifty thousand dollars in cash and you borrow against it in your policy you borrow fifty thousand dollars from the insurance company leveraging your one hundred thousand dollars cash value what happens is, is that you have a loan uh, of about 5% simple interest with you and the insurance company that you borrowed at $50,000. But your $100,000 cash value continues to compound and continues to grow as if you've never touched it. So you're able to use your money and have it grow at the same time. Wow. It's like saying if you have a savings account that you're earning 5% compound interest on a savings account and then you want to use that money and then you use it at 2% interest, you're going to want to do that instead of subtracting from the overall principle of it. Because if you subtract from the overall principle of it, you interrupt the growth of it. Instead, right. you could borrow against it at a lower interest rate, use the capital, pay the interest at a lower interest rate, but still be able to recoup the overall interest on that. So it's an arbitrage play where you're still making money even when you're using it. And this is exactly what banks and large corporations do is they have huge amounts of cash reserves in life insurance like billions of dollars earn about four to five percent every year so four to fifty million dollars on a tax payment basis and then when they need the capital for payroll for expansion to pay their for the warehouses for all the logistics and everything else they use they borrow from insurance companies that they have or other sources even leveraging their cash reserves so this way they're, they're making money from their actual businesses from their goods and services they sell and they're making money in the policy at the same time. So it's doing two things for them at the same time. And this is exactly what we show business owners. You don't have to be a multi, you don't have to be a Fortune 500 company to do this. You can be a single business owner, just a one-man show, you know, a one-person show, uh, business owner, and you can still utilize these uh, these policies and be able to mimic what these large corporations and large banks are doing. Okay, so... Whew. He said a mouthful, guys. I hope you were paying attention there. <laughs> I know I was, and I've got to go back to the drawing board because, like you say, being able to have the money, make money with it, still utilize the money, I mean, it's a win-win-win situation. So, Sari, what, what are the limits, right? So if you borrow against the money, how long do you have to release your your liquid interest in the funds if you will yeah so pretty much when you borrow against the policy they have this thing that you have to pay back within quote-unquote reasonable time okay and although that you know it, it varies one way to measure it is you never want your loan balance to exceed your cash value we have a calculator that we use that we can calculate um, from, from the time you borrow and we try to figure out a way where you can pay it back within reasonable time so that way your policy the growth of your policy is outweighing what the loan is that way the cost of capital is cheaper than using cash meaning that it's better to use your whole life policy loan than it is just to use cash out of a checking account or savings account because when you spend that cash you interrupt the opportunity 
you lose the opportunity right. of earning right. compound interest on that money forever. Absolutely. So you want to kind of figure out a way where this is what, what I really like about this is it's not an either or scenario. It's not either you know you can put money in real estate or you put money in the stock market or you put it into whole life insurance. It's an integrative approach where I could put money into a whole life policy and then borrow from that to buy some stocks that I want or to invest in real estate. And I'm doing this all while still earning compound interest on my money. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's not a, it's not an either or approach. It's a both and approach where you're you're able to kind of grip every dollar you make and and recycle it over and over again. It's like saying you have you know um, from one hand you're you know you're earning income and the other hand you're spending it. You need something in the middle that can grip it in between earning it and spending it because you still have to spend your money. You still have bills. You still have living expenses, debt, interest, everything else you still have to pay. But if you can figure out a way to grip it in between earning it and spending it, I think you'll get ahead much further, um, and especially in the business world, much further than your competition. Because a lot of business owners, and you see this with the pandemic, a lot of business owners did not have cash reserves. They would either just reinvest it back into the business, spend right. it. In other words, that means spending it back into the business. Or they would just spend it in their, in their daily lives, living, living, living expenses, you know, their daily living standards. Um, they would just spend it. So when, when the pandemic happened, the only businesses that were able to survive are businesses that have cash reserves because they can pivot. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? They can get into a different industry. They can um, remodel. They can expand. They can do different things because they have the cash reserves available. Because once the money's gone, it's gone. So exactly, yeah. So help me understand. I, I know a lot of folks. There, there's different levels of understanding as far as uh, insurance policies, 401k, um, stocks, investment, real estate. How come people may not know as much about this as? You know the the grossly understood real estate and stock market. Well, where where does this slip through the cracks? Is it a fairly new endeavor, or help me understand why it's not so mainstream right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful question, awesome question. So, pretty much a couple reasons why. Uh, number one, because a lot of stock market accounts are also known as qualified accounts. Not all stock market accounts are qualified plans, right? We're talking about qualified, we're talking about like IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 401as, pretty much at work when you when you have a job and you're allocating a certain percentage that your company might offer that as a benefit. And then also a lot of uh, financial advisors, traditional financial advisors only deal with like IRAs and 401ks, that's what they know. So there's a lot of like incentives from the government to be able to use these funds for tax reasons. So that's how a lot of companies know it, a lot of HR people know it, um, your financial advisors know this. And the, the reason why is because the government wants you to put your money into 401ks and IRAs and all these qualified, tax qualified plans because there's like a, a temper, not a deduction, but a deferral. You're deferring your taxes for the future by putting money into this. And what happens is in the future, the tax rates will go up in the future. There's no doubt about it. Look at the debt. Uh, look at the interest on national debt. The interest on national debt. Look at the Social Security budget, Medicare, Medicaid. All these budgets are increasing exponentially. So what's going to happen is the government is going to need a way to tax these these funds or the, the tax tax people by having money sitting in 401ks and IRAs and all those tax qualified plans. It's like the low hanging fruit for the government. The government knows it's there, and then the only way you can take that money out is if you pay taxes on it. 
So that's kind of like this like bucket that the government has as like a plan B when they need more money. So they give these incentives, and because of these incentives, more people talk about them. So a lot of people, everybody knows, like even you know students in high school have heard of a 401k IRA, and that's what that's the point of it. It's、mm. supposed to be like a conditioning process where all、right. you know when it comes to investing is the stock market, 401k,、right. IRA, and it's not necessarily to bash those things. I'm not saying those things are bad, and I think people that sell those or, or position those are are bad. But I'm saying that that's why people know these accounts. People only the I think the top one percent of the whole country know about different painful life insurance because that's what they use. You know,、um, they, they it, there's a lot of miscommunication or there's a stretch between the ordinary person understanding this and and utilizing it. A lot of it's because of school, because of the media, because of what the government wants us to think. And they want it. Even when you turn on the Fox News or CNN, you see somebody from a hedge fund or somebody from you know、uh, a stock brokerage group talking about the stock market. It's all about the stocks. So that's where the idea of when you do have money to invest, you're going to put it into the stock market. Right. It's almost like you're you're helping larger companies grow, but you're taking off absolutely. The risk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so stock markets. And I'm not. I don't. I don't play much in the stock market, right? But every form of investment, or、um, anywhere where you park your money, even if you park it in your mattress, every place that you park it has risk. So, talk to me about the risk with the、um, uh, with the bank on yourself concept. Yeah, so so the bank on yourself concept—it's a saving strategy. Strategy—it's not an investing strategy, right? It's savings、mm-hmm. only.、Um, there's no investment because investments can lose value with the bank on yourself policy. It cannot lose value over time. Our bank on yourself type whole life policy can't lose value. So pretty much, but there are some downsides to it. It's not too good to be true. One、right. downside to it is that there's there is a capitalization period, a period of time where you have to build up the cash value in a policy. You have to grow it and build it up. You can't put ten thousand dollars in year one and then borrow fifty thousand dollars. So there's a capitalization period that you have to build up. And then the, another downside, or, or I should say, risk too involved is when you borrow the money, you want to pay it back within reasonable time. Right. If you don't pay it back at all, you can lose the policy, lose everything that you built up in it. So you you need a way like discipline and You know,、sure. a, a way to actually be able to recoup the, those loans, to be able to pay them back,、um, and then also you need to, if you if you made a certain,、uh, if you made a commitment to a policy, like you're gonna that you're gonna fund it over 20 years, you need a way that you have a source of income to fund it for 20 years. You know, there are ways where you can borrow against the policy to use that for future payments, but then you have to pay those loans back. But in other words, you, so you need a way. That you can keep the policy going, you can keep feeding it and、okay. keep it alive. Okay. Now, is that? And, and I'm sure there's different、um, different levels or different、um, platforms that you can buy into there. But is is there a certain percentage that you have to put in on a monthly or annual basis of your initial investment, or is that just widely vary according to which、uh, which company you use? Yeah, good question. So I'll pretty much break down an example. So, for example, pretty much、um, one way to so when we fund up a policy of either the infinite banking way or the bank on yourself way, it's not entirely life insurance, right? We're doing this more for the living benefits for the while you're alive. We're using these benefits, so pretty much for the cash benefits. And when you do it that way, you have to structure the policy differently. 
So instead of just, for example, if you're putting in a thousand dollars a month, instead of a thousand dollars a month all going to serve to the life insurance, we would need to allocate a certain percentage that will serve the cash value and grow the cash value, and another percentage that will grow the the life insurance part. So it's almost like your your money is doing more than one thing for you. So one way we would structure this is that we would do like a 50-50 split. So every dollar that you put in, half of it goes towards servicing the cash value, and the other half goes to servicing the life insurance. Even though where we want to build up as much cash value as possible, we still need the life insurance segment to this because of tax reasons and other legal reasons. We need the life insurance part of this. We just want to emphasize more on the cash value to build up the cash value. So for example, we're going to build up the um, the life insurance using every dollar half going towards the cash value and the other half going towards the life insurance. Now the half that's going towards the life insurance is going towards something called base insurance or base life insurance. That's the actual life insurance. And the other half is going towards something called the paid up additions rider. That's the part of the policy, the paid up additions rider is the part of the policy that turbocharges the cash value or the, the it turbocharges the cash growth of the policy. So pretty much by putting in half of every dollar that goes to the life insurance and then the other half goes to the cash value, that's how we're able to see the growth of it. Now the base part of the policy, that is pretty much like almost set in stone. So if you agree to do it for 20 years and you agree to do a thousand dollars a month and half of that being base, that means we're saying that for the next 20 years, we're gonna put in at least $500 per month into the actual life insurance. And that is not really flexible. So that, that's pretty much the baseline, $500 per month for 20 years. Now, the, the paid-up additions rider is flexible, and flexibility is a major component of the bank-on-yourself concept. So we want to be able to add more and add less when needed. The same way how you can go to a bank and add more money or less money, that's how we kind of want to position this. So after we are we're able to meet the $500 per month towards the base, now we might have room for a minimum and a maximum. So we could say, all right, every month we could add a minimum of like $20 a month to a maximum of $300 a month. So that's kind of the range every month, for example. And every month we could add, an, an, we're adding $500 per month towards the base. And then for the paid up additions rider, we can add $20 or up to $300 per month. Every month we can do so for 20 years. Nice. So that's kind of the range of how it works. Okay. Yeah, th- this is... Uh... This is fascinating. And and once again, a great way to grow, protect yourself, and continue to grow. So yeah. Well, I do have I do have one more question in terms of how can folks get a hold of you? Because I imagine that uh, since you are uh, in the financial planning industry you're able to assist folks with with the process or do you just get them set up and you tell them to take a hike <laughs> what what do you do there sari I, I help them with everything from pretty much a to z nice. um, from the initial call i help with initial consultation coaching uh getting just answering questions about how the concept works Um, All my consultations are free, so you can reach out to me just to kind of talk and figure out how this works. You can pick my brain and and just figure out what exactly is this. Then after you kind of have an idea, we do the financial analysis, and then we do the the personal solution call. That's where I present the solution. Um, At all, about 99% of my clients are virtual. I'm in Chicago, Illinois, but about 99% of them are virtual, so I can jump on Zoom or over the phone. We can do all of this. And if you just go to my, my, my website, 
finassetsprotection.com. It's F-I-N, assetsprotection.com. There you can schedule a free appointment. We can go through all of this. Um, again, it's all free consultation. And yeah, and the intro call, the financial analysis, and then the personal solution, and then the actual call. And then it doesn't just end there. This is a, a long-term relationship. So I work with you every six months. We do a review. Awesome. We test out the cash value. We test out your other investments. We check that you're, if you're investing in real estate. We see, is this really working? Do we need to pivot? Do we need to change anything else? And I, and I want to be more of, I don't like the word financial advisor. I consider myself more of a coach, a financial coach uh, and a problem solver. Great. Great. Well, that's honestly, Sari, that's what we all need. And I promise you, uh, coming from a background where, you know, my folks didn't have a lot. And so it's, it's really been about getting dirty, getting busy, studying um, and, and, and growing in that way. And so my family doesn't have all the answers. My friends don't have all the answers. And that's what I try to encourage folks on this podcast is to, to go after success. It's important to have a guide, to have guidance, right? And so if this is your lane and people want to protect what they have, they need to go to somebody that knows what they're doing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. If, if you're in that coaching realm and obviously you know what you're talking about. So I, I encourage folks to reach out to you or reach out to someone in that lane. And once again, I, Eric, I'm not an attorney, not a financial <laughs> advisor. That's right. So um, be sure to reach out to one of your professionals such as Sari. And um, I hope you guys follow us on the next podcast. But uh, Sari, you have anything else before we head out? Well, that's all, Eric. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. And so listeners, remember, think like a bank. Think like a large company, even if you're not thinking like it. And that will exponentially grow where you're at today. So think like a bank. I love it. I love it. Sari. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Eric. Thank you so much.